to myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Rafe. It is Jordy's here, Jordy's there. It is a uh, match day, uh, which uh, is a rare event for us to be doing a podcast on the day of the match. Uh, but uh, at the moment, joined by Kevin, Mitch, George, and I'll believe probably a couple more to come tonight. Hi, everybody. Uh, as, we, as we take you up to uh, the kickoff time uh, tonight. And uh, Newcastle, of course, playing West Ham. And it's uh, away at the London Stadium. It's an eight o'clock kickoff live on Sky Sports. All 3,000 away tickets have been sold. This game, of course, was postponed uh, after the death of our Queen Elizabeth II. So it's a rearranged game. Um, Newcastle United run beaten in four Premier League visits to the capital so far this season uh, after wins at Spurs, Fulham and draws at Crystal Palace and Arsenal. And at West Ham, well, they've just lost one of their last five visits, won three times and drawn once. Uh, probably our most productive source of away points in the capital, it has to be said. And we've won 10 games on the road against them. Uh, as for uh, Callum Wilson, well, he will be looking to uh, increase his tally against West Ham. He has scored 10 goals in 12 appearances against the Hammers. And uh, for Newcastle, he scored three times in four games against them. So, uh, a happy hunting ground for Callum Wilson. Will that uh, change Eddie Howe's decision when he picks that team sheet? Uh, re remains to be seen. The referee tonight is Craig Pawson. Uh, he's taken charge of three Newcastle United games this season. And that was the 1-1 draw of Bournemouth. The 0-0, uh, the 1-1 draw at home to Bournemouth, sorry, nil-nil at Manchester United and nil-nil at Crystal Palace. Is that an omen for tonight's result? And VAR is David Coote. Okay, uh, just bring in uh, Steve Hasty as well. Good evening, Steve. Um, Steve. So, I guess as well, we've just got to announce that it's going to be Ask George halfway through the show. So, if you've got an Ask George question, get them in tonight. So, Kevin, uh, we'll start with you. You were in first today. So, um, you know what are you what are you expecting from tonight's game? First of all, are you expecting uh, are you expecting Eddie to ring the changes? He's got three games in a week, but there again, Newcastle are coming off the back of a, a wonderful performance against Manchester United. Um, yeah. you, you, we're yet to find out, you know, whether there is an injury to Willock or not. He was very coy and and you know refused to give anything away yesterday, which we're used to with Eddie Howe. Um, but what, what are you expecting from his team selection tonight? Again, like you said, it depends on the fitness of players and the mental and the recovery process, what they went through. Um, I mean, it's a short turnaround from uh, Sunday to today, but um, I don't think it'll be wholesale changes if Willick's unfit. I think he'd probably just bring Joe Linton in, um, put um, play, stay with ASM, play the same front three, and just make that one change. Really, so I'll go with the same. But that one, it all depends on the fitness of uh, Joe Willick. To be fair. Um, I think it was a hamstring, I believe, or what of a hamstring injury, but yeah, I think it, again, from a team talks perspective, just do the same again. Um, have the same mentality, have the same outputs that you have individually and as a collective. So, I think it's going to be a positive uh result tonight. 
Okay, Mitch, uh, see him again tonight. If Joe Willock, you know, passes a fitness test, would you would you go see him again, or can you see him tinkering a little bit tonight? Because uh, Callum Wilson, uh, of course, he's... has got the he's got he's he's got a uh, you know a little hold over West Ham, and and he'd be itching to score tonight, especially after getting that goal at the weekend. I can totally see him rotating. He's already made a big thing through three games, six days hard ask. He'll use the squad to the max, and I think we will see rotation tonight. Um, and I think what we've seen from those who came off the bench um, is that it probably won't matter who he puts in. Everybody's going to be given Everybody's going to be given it, it, it something different, bringing something different to the party. Um, it's a squad game. We've got a very together squad, so for me it doesn't matter. But I, I can't see him. I can't see him retain. I really can't. Steve, your thoughts um, on on his team selection? And is he going to move? Is he going to move one or two players and and you know give people an opportunity to to have a rest tonight? I think he might. <clears throat> you know, I really do. I think. Let's take Willick as an example. It wasn't long that Willick was was out for a few weeks with what seemed like a very similar injury, um, you know, hamstring. So <clears throat> I think to be on the safe side, it might be that you keep him for Saturday. Just make sure that he's okay. Um, and you've got a ready rate replacement in Joe Linton. Um, the question then is whether or not he, he also plays ESM or whether he plays uh, Elliot Anderson. Uh, their options again. Uh, you look at you look at ESM and he's had a he's had a decent run in the team and perhaps taking him out of the firing line just until the weekend might be a useful one as well. Um, and then Wilson, as you say, I think he scored 12 goals against West Ham. Um, he has a great record and he'd be itching he does that podcast with uh, Antonio they're obviously very good friends and there's a bit of a bit of a rivalry going on there so uh, and, and and again you look you look at you, you look at the situation Isaac you, you can't knock his performances but maybe he's again um, with his uh, fitness record that uh, Howe's been quite uh, open about in terms of getting back um, maybe he's a, a, a week off might suit him as well so it's uh, no matter what he does, though, Steve. I'm not that concerned. I'm not that worried. I think, uh, and I think the back five just uh, automatically chooses itself. Yeah, 100. percent I agree. I think the back four, unless there's an injury, always picks itself. Um, George, um, your your view on on squad rotation tonight is is, is there an opportunity maybe for Marcel's coming in and, and Shaw being dropped? Going to Michael Day there. Well, there's, there's an opportunity for him to do what he likes, really. And that's because, as Neil said and others said, whoever came, the ones that came on on Sunday, you would never notice that there had been changes. They just slotted in and did the, did the job. And that's uh, that's what we want. Um, the other side of it, of course, is, is that uh, three very tough matches in a short space of time, um, it would be useful to let some of the people that are prone to... Uh, muscle pulls and hamstrings, those sorts of things, they definitely benefit from, from rest. There are other other injuries like uh, uh, Bruno's ankle injury, which sometimes uh, are better off keeping them going, I get given, giving them some exercise. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, he rotated. I wouldn't be upset if he didn't, though. But if he doesn't, I suspect the substitute changes would be a lot sooner than they were on Sunday. I don't think you'll go past an hour with the same team. On the hour, I think you'll see the three three substitutions if he doesn't rotate. 
But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he just took the opportunity to give some of the people that have uh, are prone to pulls and and like uh, Isak is, is you know his injury is a muscle injury uh, and and uh, if Willicks is a muscle injury playing them when they're, they're not really fit is, is a recipe for disaster. It turns one week off into about two months off, and that would, we don't need any of that just now. So. Why risk it when we've got a got a bench that could cope with it? Yeah, I will leave. Um, any changes tonight? Do you think from from Eddie Howe? Uh, I believe if there is uh, no injury, even that they will have Eddie Howe have to rotate. So what about if there is uh, exhaustion and injury? So uh, I can't tell when the three substitution happen at once, uh, or they, he tried to to start with three substitution. In Manchester game, but he but he uh, let Wilson late for uh, after all. So uh, I believe it must be it must be a rotation, and uh, there is a Brentford game uh, in the weekend. So uh, he need to balance, and it's not we still have eleven. Uh, uh, you know, with with tonight game we have eleven game. So it's a really dangerous games and important game. So it's uh, eleven is thirty three point. So points. So uh, must must be a rotation, and uh, it's time to use really time to use the bench. And I trust, we trust, uh, we trust the bench of Newcastle. It's uh, their opportunity to give something for the team. Yeah, most certainly is. Uh, for for me, I don't think um, I, I I don't think Mitch is far from being spot on tonight. I think there will be a little bit of rotation tonight. I genuinely think that um, he will decide to rest one or two players. Um, Willock, I think. Will be out. Uh, I, you know, listening to the press conference yesterday, um, you know, Razor was the first person to ask it from BBC Radio Newcastle. Um, his answer was very simple: "I've not seen him. It's too early to assess it as well." So, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine he's going to be fit. But we've had a bit of kidology, uh, you know, from him, um, and and you know the form that Willick's been in, especially with them scoring the goal of the weekend. I can potentially, you know, see him. You know, if, if there's any opportunity to play him, I can see him. I can see him playing. And I found it interesting that you know, just the stats, for instance, in the last three games, he's had 11 shots on target, as opposed to you know the three games prior to that, he'd only had he'd had none in the game. So he's clearly getting more forward, clearly getting into those positions, and clearly getting the opportunity to put the ball in the back of the net, which which is going to take the pressure off the forwards if your midfield's chipping in as well. Uh, there was a couple of questions came in early. So, Mark Byers, I love this one. Um, we'll ask it. Uh, Al-Walid, I'll ask you first. Question for the panel. Would you switch Sunday's result, 2-0 against Manchester United, for the cup final result? Would you, uh, have, preferred, would you have preferred to have won the cup? Of course, uh, we won the cup, but I think any this is uh, any... Uh... We will have, you know, we have to accept what happened, and we just think about the future. We shouldn't think about the past, really. Good answer. Good answer, George. Would you like to have swapped? Would you like to have swapped that result? You know, did was there a part of you on Sunday that went, "God, I wish we'd won the cup final two 0 and I, I could have been, I could have, I could have lost that league game. I, I've got to be honest, I didn't. I, I was delighted no. that we won the league. No, game. I, I, it is what it is. I, I think we demonstrated why we should have won the cup. Uh, but uh, that, that we didn't isn't isn't a heartbreaker for me. Uh, sitting us sitting there third on merit, with games in hand, 
uh, with the possibility of European football makes up for it all as far as I'm concerned. Because we didn't we didn't just beat them on Sunday. We really shellacked them. That, sh- that should have been another 5-0 for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, so, so all of that... Um, it makes makes the the result of the league cup uh, um, sad, but uh, not not the end of the world. We'll we'll get that opportunity again and soon, in my opinion. Yeah, won't be another twenty four years. I don't think, Steve. No, uh, no. part of you wish that that had been the cup final rather than the league game. Uh, n- not really, because I went into this game as though this was revenge for the charity shield. You know, and that's the way I looked at it. I'm, I'm living, I'm living way back in the past, and I just looked at that and thought, you know what, this is the revenge for our trip to the charity shield, and then the five out. Um, that 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 sort of thing. It's uh, it's 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 one of those things. Mark, he's 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 mischievous, isn't he? He's being a little bit mischievous there. He's trying to catch you on the hop because he's probably going to, he's probably going to put up loads of quotes of how we all said that we would take a cup win over finishing fourth, but that was three weeks ago. So uh, I think we've just got to let bygones be bygones and just wallow in what was a really, really good performance on Sunday. Uh, probably the best of the season. Um, certainly the best result um, that we've, that we've, uh, that we were happy to to, to languish in, um, and uh, yeah, we can look back in hindsight, but um, it's it's gone. The cup's gone. It was only the league cup anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, anybody, uh, anybody across there, you included? Um, I think he's frozen. Uh, in picture. I hope your sound hasn't frozen, Mitch. But any anybody there wishing that Newcastle United had kept that performance for the cup as opposed to the league? No, he's lost. Yeah, he's, he's gone. Your reception's poor, Mitch. I'll take you. I'll, I'll take you out and bring you back in, Kevin. I mean, yeah, we all would have loved a cup win, but at the same time, they didn't perform on the day. So you know. We can't have it all. We would like it all, but it is what it is. Like everybody said, it is what it is. You know, you move on. Like Al Walid said, you live in the present, not the past. And that's a great statement to have. And I mean, yeah, of course, if we performed like that, we would have probably smashed them again. But look, you know, you take game by game as an anyhow quote. It's the next one. You move on. It is what it is. It happened. We'll move on to the next game. We'll just go on a three-match unbeaten run and just and completely forget about it. Essentially, yes, we all would love a trophy. You don't, we all do. But like Steve Hayes said, it's only the uh, Carabao Cup, Carlin Cup, Milk Cup, whatever it's called. You know what I mean? So, it, look, we'll get there another day. It's, our time's coming. Um, so, I think, yeah, the, the, in the bigger picture, larger scheme of things, the, two, the three points on Sunday was a bigger result overall moving forward. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, for me, you know, it is what it is. You know, had we played Manchester United four weeks earlier uh, or four weeks later, then for me, um, you know, we, we, we would have had the, the League Cup in our cupboard by now. But um, it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. Mitch, you knew, you know the question. What's your answer? Mm. No, because I think if we'd won the Cup, we'd, we'd take our foot off the gas a little bit. And we'll be now be looking at these these runner games with a very different eye. Um, I think since the, the cup defeat, we've come back from it very determined to right a few wrongs. And so you can never really see how things how we would have reacted had we won it. I, I think it is a it's a tantalising and an inevitable question. 
Because it certainly went through my mind at the weekend. God, I wish we played like this at the cup final. Because if we had, we'd have hammered, hammered them on that day. Um, but maybe we've got to, you know, this is what we've said about us as a, as a, a club entirely. Not just as the players, but as the fans. And from top to bottom of the club, we've got to learn to be winners. And that's part of the learning process. And we've shown, we know we can do it. We know on the day we can do it. We now have to learn how to turn it on on the right days. Mm. Yeah, very true, very true. It's a learning curve for, for Newcastle United in this period. It's mm. uh, it's not all just going to happen overnight, and, and that's that's part of the enjoyment. I know for some people who can be impatient, it's it's part of the agony. But um, for me, it's, it should be part of the uh, the exciting journey that we're all on as Newcastle United fans. And uh, going to be ups and downs still, but the downs are going to be a damn sight easier to take than the, the were under Ashley. That's for certain. But um, ASM. Uh, often talked about and often compared and often criticised. Uh, but Eddie Howe this week, Kevin, uh, at the press conference yesterday, uh, when asked if uh, ESM was part of the, the near future and the future, uh, said yes. Um, he's very happy with his progress. Uh, he's very happy with his performances. He, he appreciates the uniqueness uh, of, of ESM. And, you know, he, he paid him, you know, paid them tribute as a, as a dribbler, but he was... He just, you know, he more or less said, you know, he's even come out in his own interviews and been asked, you know, could you have left the club? And he said, yeah, I could have left in January. But he's he's committed to the club. The club seemed committed to him. Eddie Howe seems committed to him. So is that good news for us moving forward? Are you, are you happy with that? Or, you know, do, do, do you think there's a little bit of kidology going on with that as well? I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, it's a very fine balance with the ASM. You know, we've discussed on this and other and others on other shows have said, you know, how to get the best out of him um, on a consistent basis. Because I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was fantastic on Sunday, but I thought he had a, an okay game. Yes, he cut inside, but when I think it was in the first half, he just cut in and then give the ball away on the edge of our box and stuff. I can see the thought process behind it. I can see his understanding behind it which he's been coached to do, but um, the execution of wasn't of, to, the, to the standard what we're probably expecting of him. So I think if he, I don't know, crosses that bridge, if you will, in terms of performance and his mentality and what Eddie Howe wants from him, not to rein him in essentially, but to let him be have, have freedom and, and express himself going further forward. But again, there's other things in the game what Eddie Howe wants him to do. So I think he's at a very... Interesting crossroads in his career at Newcastle United. Is he going to be all in, like we said previously, or is he going to down tools and see something what happens in the summer? Um, from what comments of Eddie Howe and the player at ASM himself, is that he wants to give it a go. But the big but is, is he willing to do that? Is he willing to do everything at all costs? Yes, be the dribbler, be this, be that, be that. But is he willing to do it himself? And that's my bigger concern. I'm not sure he is, but I would love. I would love to see him. To, I would love to see it. We all do, because he can be a fantastic. He can rip anybody apart on his day. But again, it's again, it's up to him. I mean, I would love to see him be again a cult hero. He, he kind of is already, but he's that maverick one where we all jump on his back because he does this, does that. But um, I think he he's got a big point from now to the end of the season if he wants to an extended stay, which he already has, but again, a prominent place in the team. I think he's got to perform as to what Eddie Howe wants. And he's, I think he's getting there. 
it's taking a bit of time, but he's he's getting there. So I would like to see him beyond the summer. If he moves on, he moves on. If he doesn't, he, well, let's see what he brings next year. ESM outstanding created or was part of each chance. Ask Malcolm to get off his back. Um, uh, Al- Malcolm was complimentary towards him after the game. That's for sure. Was, but- ESM, uh, our lead. Would you are you surprised to hear Eddie Howe say that he's part of his plans? Uh, no, of course, because uh, we remember all our questions about uh, Saint Maximin, and I believe he any the answer he he have the answers and he gives us the answers on Manchester game. The way he assists, I think this is, uh, I'm not exaggerating, but this is, I believe, the, the best best assist in the uh, Premier League this season. The way he fly and uh, all the comments on Twitter after the game, it's, uh, it's a lot about Maximan and his assist and how to use his skill in uh, serving of the team, service of the team. Uh, I'm happy that, uh, I'm happy that he's, he's uh, have like kind of, uh, 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 editing or modification, modificate his uh, talent, his skills into the team uh, style of play, and I'm expecting more uh, from uh, Maxi. Yeah, Mitch, we've spoken about him many times. Uh, it was a really positive game from ESM. Uh, great, great header across the box as well for uh, for that opening goal. But um, yeah, all in all, there's been massive improvement. I've, I've got to be honest, and I think that. Um, you know what? What Eddie Howe was trying to say yesterday was, you know, that Newcastle United have to get the best out of them. Um, there's a fine balance, which is what Kevin said, and it's that um, when everyone hits their targets and, and works works as a, as a unit, that's when you see the best. You know, that's when you see the best from them. So, you know, from from his perspective, he's very happy with uh, with ASM. I don't know what's changed in the last two weeks but something has his rhetoric's different his body language is different he seems happier and everybody seems happier with him um, I was wondering what was going on when they were over here because initially when they all came over he was in a different hotel to everybody else on his own <laughs> and I'm thinking oh my god what's going on but something's changed for me and we've seen that on the pitch that performance from him was magnificent. If you look at that first goal, a couple of things really stand out for, for me. If you, if you start the move on that left-hand side with Byrne taking the throw, you then had Willock and ASM's determination on that left-hand side to get through. When the ball got cleared and then Botman won it back, it was straight back in, but then across the right-hand side. And all in all, I think it was only Shea and Pope didn't touch the ball out the goal of it's a proper team goal. But then when that chip across comes from Bruno, that header is spectacular. It's not just good. It's not just good. It's weird. It's beyond good. Um, power, full stretch, get it in the right spot in the box. Four defenders in one black and white shirt, and he gets it in the right spot on the money. Um, it was interesting to see while Willick was wheeling away ASM turned round to the Gallagher end and then Murphy was on him in a shot. And uh, and again, like I say, this for me, there's something changed in the last couple of weeks and I don't know what it is, um, but I'm all for it. Because this is this is all we want, is we want to see Maxi doing stuff like that. Because when he does stuff like that, even, my, even Trippier said, in training, 
hardest player I've ever had to play against. And that tells you a lot. He's played with some very, very, very good players. Um, and I think if it stays like this, like I say, we all benefit. You can't grumble at all. Um, but we do need, and I think the comments there are quite right, if he's playing again tonight, we need another one of them, mate. We need a bit of consistency. Um, I know that's difficult with mercurial players, but um, Eddie House seems very happy at the moment. And so, again, we'll run with the manager's thoughts and feelings and long may it continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Wilkinson, good evening. Sorry I'm late. I couldn't get the memo. Until don't worry, now. mate. Don't worry. You've had a lot on your mind, mate. Good to see you back, Good to see you back home, mate. Thanks. Um, yeah, Thank you for all the best wishes of everybody. It's um, I'm not 100, percent but uh, I'm getting there. Good, good to see you. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, yeah, Sam. We're just talking about what you yeah know, a positive, positive performance at the weekend first and foremost. Yeah. But um, you know, he has been on the incline after recovering from an injury. Um, and and Eddie Howe when asked the question, you know, is ESM part of your your near future plans and your future plans? He said yes. Yeah. Well, I think I think Mitch key word Mitch said there was consistency. We, we want. Uh, we want that tonight. We want it at uh, Brentford at the weekend. We want it at Villa next week. And if he's going to stay in the team, we want it all the time and and up to the level that everybody else is performing. Because it, most of the team, why Eddie Howe has been able to change an un-team so much is that all of the players have been playing well, and we, we can't carry any passengers. And while that was a, a great performance, not as good, I don't think, as the Man City one. After the Man City, I think that was the Wolves game when he scored probably the goal of the season. But apart from that, he had he had he didn't have a very good game, and uh, would need him to be playing and delivering that sort of performance as a team player, not not, not the individual. And I think he has he certainly cut out all the the fancy dance tricks that he did. That they they're, they're, they're well in the past. I would think he'd get a bollocking if he does any of that sort of thing again. Um, but I think uh, it's it's about consistency and uh, you know bring it on. He's, he's we know he's got the skills. Uh, we know he can contribute either. In, in passing and creating goals as he did eventually on there. And he, he probably should have created two two more had the finishing of uh, Willock and Longstaff been good enough in the first half, uh, that, which is exactly what Supermax always said. How many goals did he score? How many goals did he create? And, uh, you know, he, he, he contributed on that on the, on, on the Sunday. So, same again for you tonight. Yeah, same again, George. Yes, I mean, uh, I don't... You know, I've never heard anybody in here saying that Max is a bad player. Everybody knows he's a good player. Just they want to see the best Maxi they can. And Sunday was very close to, to the very best. But I'd like to sum up what Neil said in one word, and that's awareness. He had an awareness on Sunday that hasn't been evident uh, for a long time. Yes, he did his individual things. Uh, very cutely and very cleverly and, and, and entertained people and all the rest of it. But he, his awareness about what was around him and, and uh, who, who was close to him wasn't always, isn't always there. On Sunday it was. That, that header was, wasn't just a great, a great header. It was a header in the right place. And it had to be in the right place. Now that shows the awareness that he hasn't been displaying well most of the season, I've got to say. So some Something's going right for him, and I'm delighted because there's nothing like a player with the uh, ball skills that he's got when they're on song, entertaining the crowd and, and, and causing the opposition absolute mayhem. 
So no, I, I I'm delighted with what happened, and uh, we just want some more. That's all. Just some more, please. Yes, Steve Long may continue, and I, and I, you know it, it's a positive. Eddie Howe doesn't want to get rid of players who are committed to the cause and doing doing you know doing the best for the team, and and ultimately I, I just think it was interesting that, you know to, to to hear you know that he has put the effort in with him, um, and and he's responded to it, and I think that's that's the key, isn't it, really? Yeah, he's responded to to what Howe wants. He's responded to what the rest of the coaches want, and what both what coaches and Howe want from the team. And what what they want him to provide. I noticed that we seem to. He also he almost played on on Sunday as a sort of reverse um, Almiron, didn't he? You know, always cutting inside because what we're trying to do, and what 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 it appears to me is, with we're, we're not we're not wanting to get down the channel, and we're not wanting to get to the byline and get across him, especially against a team like Man United, because we know that that that's bread and butter for the likes of Iran um, in the in the in the box. So we seem to be playing a style of football where we're playing those little um, inside left, inside left, uh, right passes. We've seen it. It's a sort of thing that Bruno does with ease. Joe Willock getting on the end of it in previous games. And we've now got ASM looking to do those similar like touch feed passes through with a with a fullback cutting across or cutting in um, or somebody breaking. So it's, I think it's the, the, the performance we're getting from him is very much based on what's happening on the training pitch and what's been drilled into them. And maybe it's the pennies dropped that, you know, there's there's uh, there's an ulterior motive behind why we're asking you to play like this. And yes, with a player like ESM, you don't want to lose those mercurial skills and attributes that he has. And when he does them at the right time in the right place and they come off, they're absolutely fantastic. Um I mean, there's nobody more than me who loved the Lauren Robert, loved the, the Nobby Solano, um, you know, David Ginola, and then going way, way back into, you know, into the history books, a, a jinky Jimmy Smith who, you know, would, would play nutmegs with ease, uh, you know, and count them up on, on, his, on his hands as he was doing them and waving to the crowd. And, you know, I, I like those flamboyant players, but the way that Newcastle play with the pace, it's it's... It's something that is an extra rather than a given. Um, and it's something that has to be done at the right time. Um, I'm quite happy for it to be entertaining the crowd when we're 3 out up. Um, it's very much a team game until we get to that point and then we can put on the, 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 the little flicks because it, we're at the sharp end of the season where results uh, matter. Um, and the target is Champions League. And to get to the Champions League... Um, Finishing positions, you have to stick by what the coach wants, and I think that's what the SM's finally uh, caught on to. Yeah, I think that's right, and um, you know, again, it's a sign of a, a good coach, a good manager, in the sense that you know he's managing to get the best out of of ESM. He's finally starting to get you know you know reap the dividends of his of his work, and uh, long may that continue. Okay, halfway through the short time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 253, email inquiries at website dot website easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks also to Mr Vicky's, Handmade in Cumbria, these sauces are really hot stuff. You can order them by emailing info at mrvickies.co.uk or by telephoning 01768 210102. Thanks to Neil and the guys at Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. 
and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the show, hit the subscribe button tonight. It is free. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. If you want to join the channel, hit join. There's three different tiers. Pick the one that suits you and help support the channel financially. If you want to pay a one-off membership fee of £25 and get these goodies, a scarf, a pen, a cup, and entry into the monthly draw, then go to NUFC Matters and look for Membership Pack. Failing that, get your smartphone and put it over the QR code and it will take you straight there. We're also a podcast and you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and other podcast providers. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show has finished. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make a virtual donation today at the Matchday Bucket, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and you can make a deposit today. Don't forget to enter the Shira raffle. There's 150 tickets, £1 per ticket, and you can win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. Enter now at nufcmatters.com. If you have a look on our website, we've also got a vast range of mugs, T-shirts, cups and whatever else takes your fancy. The Isaac T-shirt is proven popular this month. 16.99 plus delivery from nufcmatters.com. Don't forget as well, we do a, a range of events over the course of the year. We have Peter Beardsley, an up-close and personal evening at the Time Mouse Surf Cafe. Limited tickets remain 25th of April. Get them now from surfcafetimemouth.co.uk or from ticketweb.uk. There's also an evening with Peter Beardsley on May the 19th at the Tyneside Irish Centre and you can get tickets from newcastlelegends.com and tickets are £50. Don't forget our end of season due takes place 27th of May, 7 o'clock at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets for that one are a tenner and ufcmatters.com is where you can get your tickets for that. In June... Thursday, the 1st of June, to be precise, Rob Lee will be at Louis Liquor Store in the Big Market in Newcastle, and tickets for that are available direct from the venue. And an evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford takes place the next evening on Friday, the 2nd of June at the Grand Hotel in Gosforth. This is a charity event, and tables are of £10, £700, and you can book them by contacting natalie at healandtour.org.uk or visiting their website. In July, Gavin Peacock is in Newcastle on July the 10th at the Tyneside Iris Centre. Tickets for that are available from nufcmatters.com. And he also uh, takes uh, an evening with at the Surf Cafe in Tynemouth on the 11th of July. So get your tickets direct from the venue for that one as well. And if you're a boxing fan, the Night of Champions, Ricky Hatton, Frank Bruno, Nigel Benn and Joe Calzaghi takes place at the Fed uh, and that will be taking place on the 16th of June. More dates to be added. Tickets from all those events, www.goldstarpromotions.co.uk. OK, it is time for Ask George. George, I was at Dunstan's match last night and I got stopped going out of the ground uh, by right. a supporter uh, saying, can you ask George if he remembers a game when um, Newcastle played Spurs and Jimmy Greaves scored all the goals? He says, I've been listening to your show. He says, I love George's those were the days. 
He says, but he says, I think it was televised. He says, I just want to know if George can remember it. I, I think I've seen that one, George. Me too. Uh, trying to remember the year, but yes, yes, I do remember such a game. The, the trouble is with Jimmy Greaves and Spurs, every time he played, we scored against, <laughs> it was difficult to stop him. Um, but there was a game, I think. Or was it Chelsea, did he say? No. Did he play for Chelsea, Jimmy Green? Yeah. Or did he just play? Of course, he started. He started, he started with Chelsea. He was he was a teenager with Chelsea. Um, he played played in the youth cup the same year that our lot won the youth cup up here. And uh, because I remember being taken on the bus uh, to the the challenge match between Newcastle and Chelsea as a means of persuading me to sign schoolboy forms to Newcastle, just sitting at the back of the bus going down to London. And that was fantastic experience. It was Chelsea, George. March 61. Greasy right. scored four times for Chelsea at St. Yeah. James's Park in a 6-1 demolition. Well, uh, well, well, we'll not be far coming up to that shortly in, in those other days. But yes, um, I do remember being there. It was, it was uh, tremendous. And just, uh, in fact, it, it, if I remember rightly... Um, Typical Newcastle fans, I think he actually got applauded off the pitch. Yeah, probably would have. Which, yeah. which, which is unusual for an away, away um, player. And and uh, but it was such such an epic performance. I mean, he just uh, tore tore apart. But yes, right. yes. Now that I've thought about it, yes, yeah, yeah. There we go. All right then. Uh, David Smart says, George, did you ever go to St James's Hall? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and once. Uh, was a reserve in a boxing in boxing matches at St James's uh, Hall, as I went to Walls End Boys Club as a kid, and, and uh, uh, as well as be, being a footballer, I wanted to be a boxer, but I'd forgotten that uh, if you just look at my nose, it bleeds, and that's not a good thing for somebody who wants to be a, box, a boxer. So they took us in the team, but I was only a reserve, so I would only get get a, get a fight if uh, if one of the others uh, cried off. Um, as it happens, about two days before it was, and after it was, and boys, because when we were sparring, uh, <laughs> clipped my eyebrow and split my eyebrow when there was enough blood to fill a cup, you know. Um, so that was the end of the boxing. Boxing it was finished after that. But yes, the other thing I went to St. James's uh, Hall for was the wrestling. Um, my father in law was. A wrestling maniac loved the telly wrestling, even even the old granny, gra granny Rennie, um, who was a dear, charming old lady, um, loved the wrestling. Mick McManus, she, would, uh, she used to go mad when Mick McManus, oh, look at him, he's dirty, and all that sort of thing. So, yes, went to St. James Hall for the, for the wrestling as well. So, so yes, this is a short answer. Yeah, uh, Alan McKenzie says, Ask George, Albert Bennett, George. Am I remembering correctly, standing in the centre paddock with my granddad, seeing him coming onto the pitch <laughs> with a woodbine in his mouth? A woodbine's a cigarette, I'll believe. Um, not Al not, not uh, Albert Bennett. It said it about Joe Harvey. Uh, I can remember seeing Joe Harvey stubble one out just before he went on the pitch. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and with Leeds, Jack Charlton. Jack Charlton did that. Uh, when I was in the paddock, but uh, not Albert Bennett. Al if there's anything to remember about Albert Bennett, poor soul, he had he had uh, 
Uh, yeah, he had horse races, horse racing horse ankles, and they were always strapped up. He had always he was like ESM. He had more white tape on his ankles than you could you could throw a sticker. Uh, but I can't ever remember Albert uh, having a cigarette. No, yeah. well, pretty much all used to have a cigarette in the dressing room. But yeah, coming out a little bit different with uh, with one sticking in the mouth. Gary Milligan says, "Can you ask George who's the best player he's played with and against? And is there anyone he thinks could play today uh, from back in the day?" Well, uh, you know where I'm going with the one playing today from back in the day, and that's Jackie Milburn. Always go there because he. He, he was be, be, before his time, uh, Jackie Milburn, but never mind. Uh, play, players are played against, well, in direct opposition, uh, if you, you might all remember the Liverpool, Preston Stroke Liverpool winger, Peter Thompson. Well, he, Peter Thompson was on uh, a winger for Cumbria boys when I was the fullback for the Thumbland boys. In fact, I was deliberately put fullback for the Thumbland because I knew Peter Thompson was going to be in the Cumberland side. So Peter Thompson was... Uh, uh, would be one of the uh, one of the uh, biggest ones, the best ones that I've played against. The other one, of course, is when I was playing the representative side at Scotland, at Easter Road at Hibs Ground, and I was directly against a little lad called Billy Bremner, who g- gave me a, a real run around. I mean, I, I can only be honest and say that. He, he just, uh, I couldn't even kick him, he was so quick. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Billy Bremner was the other one. And what was the other part of the question who I've played with? Yeah. Oh, right. Um, oh, well, in, in terms of people who got to our first team, um, people like uh, George Dalton, um, uh, trying to think who else about that reader who went into the first team. Um, oh, it, it, when I played, played with, uh, with the B team, um, uh, when uh, they used to use the A and the B team for players that were coming back for fitness to give them a to give them a run out. And once or twice, I played with uh, um, uh, Frank Brennan was in one of the teams uh, just to give them a run out in, in the B team Northern Combination, where we, we, we played at Swal- Swalwell. Can you imagine big Frank Brennan running out at Swalwell? But he did. And uh, who else? Um, uh, struggling to remember the other names but yeah it it was it was quite a few of the first teamers who went when were getting fit then they used to put them in the a team and the b team uh and of course the the, the biggest highlight for me was uh turning up to st james's park one day as a 15 year old and benny craig the, the the trainer said i've got to take you to wall's end the north road which is where they used to play um, the A team games. Uh, where you know where the West Home Farm Club is now? Yeah. Well, that used to be in Newcastle United football ground, believe it or not. Oh. And uh, and the A team and the A team. Sorry. And the A team used to play there. And uh, so Benny Craig says they need a left back on for the A team. I'm taking you down there, George. And I went down and and uh, took he took us into the dressing room and, and he said. Oh, the manager will sort you out when you when you get in the dressing room. Well, who was the manager? Jackie Milburn. Well, I, I couldn't I couldn't speak. Never mind bloody breathe standing next to Jackie Milburn. I think I was going to be playing in the team that he was managing. So so that that completes the circle, if you like. Okay. Uh, does George remember old Stevie Charlton? Yes, very much. Um, and I have a confession to make. Um, Myself and my son and uh, our friends did make 
Stevie Charlton's uh, night difficult one time when we went and decided to go on a bus. Can you remember, Neil? We went to Blackburn for a, for a match. And I had been in hospital, so the lads wouldn't let me drive. So they said, oh, we're going to the match, but we're going on the bus. So we went on the bus and we tried, as always, to get all seats on the same bus. Because if you don't, you could be here, there or anywhere. You know, no chance of getting back together once they split you up. Well, the bus in front of ours had enough seats bar one. And the person that was sitting in the front seat was poor old Stevie Charlton. So the driver, the driver persuaded poor Stevie Charlton to come off that bus and go on the one behind that they wanted us to go on. And we went and placed the Stevie Charlton. So, yes, I remember Stevie Charlton. What a canny old soul. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, in fairness to the, to the lads, the drivers I've talked about, they, they used to look after Stevie Charlton when, when he went away. You know, I mean, I don't think it cost them a penny. Nah, you know, I think he became a legend. He became a legendary yeah, supporter. Keegan, absolutely, Keegan put him on the Keegan put him on the pedestal. Really, didn't absolutely, he? absolutely. Last, but I, last question. I guess this makes us feel all old when Tom's asking this. Ask George. In the olden days, did they have paper tickets to get into the football stadium? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I know I'm eighty-one, but uh, yes, it's a short answer. Yes, we still used to have paper tickets. Um, in fact. Uh, that that's what people used to queue for. They just queue to buy their tickets uh, to go to the particularly cup matches or special games, um, and they were definitely paper tickets. There's no question about that. Um, and uh, um, they, they moved the ticket boxes around. I, I mean, uh, somebody once on one of the things we did see somebody showed a, a picture of people queuing in the car park. And the building in front of them uh, had the ticket holes for the ticket uh, uh, box uh, kiosks on. Well, actually, that was the old gym. They just cut holes in the wall of the old gym to make ticket boxes. <laughs> so, uh, yes, they were all paper tickets. <laughs> okay, great stuff. Some great questions as usual. Uh, we'll have another section of that uh, next week. Uh, Steve Middlemas, I didn't ignore your question. I kept it back. He says, do you think it's time to put the, uh, the likes of Oliver Holt in his place? His constant jibes at the club now is ridiculous. I mean, back in the old days, Kevin, Mike Ashley, uh, not, so, not so old days, Mike had a, a method. He used to just ban journalists if uh, they were saying anything about him. Is it is it time to ban journalists for all of this um, pathetic, uh, you know, sniping at Newcastle United just because they've got a few quid in the back pocket these days? I wouldn't say so. They've got they've got the right to be journalists and do the job. Essentially, you know that's the and over here it's the first like a First Amendment right of free speech. That it's their opinion, it's their thoughts. We don't have to listen to it or read his column inches, do we? You know, so you can write what he wants. At the end of the day, we know, especially from this side and on the shows and stuff, and what what actually is going on. So again, he can write what he wants. I'm going to leave that with a ten foot pole and just let him get on with his job. Let him pay his bills. Alwaleed, it's it, it just does get frustrating if it's if it's not having a having a go about ownership that they're, they're calling Newcastle United time wasters, um, you know it, you know it's it's other managers having a go. I mean it's 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 certainly been a campaign against Newcastle, but I think we've handled it with dignity. Well, I believe they just want uh, a bit of fame, so that's why they're doing this. Nothing else. Simple as that. Yes. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> 
Yeah. As simple as that. Okay, um, Mitch, you know, Oliver Holt, he wouldn't be the first person to be banned from the, you know, from, no, from the but, press box. But I mean, I don't, I don't see this this ownership doing anything like that. To be fair, that's what he wants. He wants to be made a martyr. Yeah, and then he can have another go. Just, just ignore, rise above, open with a handshake, smile, and crack on, and ignore what he's coming out with. And as for journalists doing their job, there's none of them doing their job at the minute. None of them. And I'm trying very hard to encourage one to do a little bit of digging because the way everybody's reacting to the, the Man United farce. And, and I've called it out already and I'll keep calling it out. Do your research. Do your jobs. Tell us how you can get in touch with the 9-2 Foundation. Tell us what their address is. Tell us what their email address is. To tell us what their fax number is because these are these things are still things that you um, tell us how you can get in touch with them tell us who to speak to tell us who to contact tell us how long they've been available to be contacted and tell us where the officers are because the answer is you can't you can't and so that should be ringing crazy alarm bells and instead of ringing crazy alarm bells it's letting them entertain crazy Finnish people who think they can buy half a club on a tick and get the fans to pay the rest um, and addressing that up as a what a fantastic adv- adventure for the Man United supporters trust that would be. Um, actually, they're very quiet at the moment, aren't they? They were the trust everybody held up as the, the number one trust is what they should all be like. They should all have a war chest like MUST, they should all be engaged like MUST. They're pretty quiet at the minute as well, aren't they? Yeah, um, but for me, right now, there's lots of journalists genuinely aren't for whatever reason they see fit not doing their jobs and I'll keep going and uh, and keep keep banging the drum until the, this farce of the saga is over and I'm telling you now you're going to be recording me 10 minutes of me budgie smugglers telling the whole world <laughs> I told you so <laughs> <laughs> cannot wait for that Mitch it's definitely hitting up out there if you're talking about budgie smugglers uh, Steve, yeah, journalists, journalists, journalists. Holt has continuously been defamatory towards one club without doing any research, says Stephen. Uh, C. Dan Smith, good evening, mate. Uh, our owners are rebuilding the club in exactly the right way. They're not throwing money away. So there's always going to be criticism, isn't there, uh, Steve? But uh, certain journalists do just go that little bit further um, and, yeah. and do, do get on a few supporters' wicks, it's got to be said. Well, the, the know there's always that uh, controversial issue around Newcastle. It's not going to go away. Amnesty International will never will never back down and, and disagree and, and accept what the, that we're taking over. So there's always the angle that they're going to use them. But all we can do here is, is, is play with it. I think we talked about this last week. Play with a straight bat. Do the sort of performances that we've did on Sunday and, and let the most of the talking be about how good we are and we're going to hopefully achieve Champions League <coughs> status. You, you, can't, you can't dispute that. And and make sure we we do the thing correctly with likes of FFP, get the right sort of sponsorship deals that aren't going to be questionable, like Man City's were, and uh, it doesn't. It then becomes, you know, it doesn't matter what they say. Um, certainly not, as as I think Mitch said, certainly you don't want to ban him because that just makes him a martyr, and and uh, yeah. he'll, he'll just make things worse. So just ignore it, really, and and uh, we just get on with what we're doing and um, sod them. <laughs> Sod them, Steve says George. 
absolutely. And he's been polite, I've got to say. It's just, <laughs> it's so depressing that these people get paid for, as far as I'm concerned. How on earth do they earn a living with the, uh, the, that attitude, is, which is uh, beyond, nearly beyond, well, it is beyond belief sometimes. And uh, it, it's just, uh, it's lack of intelligence and, 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 uh, and uh, integrity as far as I'm concerned. I don't mind a, a reporter having to go and get it wrong if they've done, if they've done some work to get to, to, to the viewpoint. But to just trot out the same rubbish time and time again without any um, uh, support and material behind it, um, it, it just, uh, you know, it just, uh, it's sheer ignorance, which d- disappoints me. But, it, but it's the thing about most, a lot of journalists at the moment, it's not just sports journalists, political journalists as well. Um, I mean, the other day, um, our uh, fascist home secretary came out with all this stuff, um, you know, blaming Pakistani males for uh, grooming gangs and, uh, and and then saying that uh, new laws so that if, if you work with children, you've got to report uh, if you think there's abuse, two things about that. One, there's a Home Office report, which you can get on the net, which says 93% of the bosses of grooming gangs are white, middle class, and doing it for money. It doesn't mention Pakistanis. Their own report, and yet she's telling something else. And then uh, in terms of uh, reporting um, a new law to report sex abuse and all this sort of thing for people that work with children, it's already there. It's called the Children Act, 1984. It already says it in there, you know. So they, like, and they don't even challenge her about things like that. So it's not just sports journalists. There's a whole tranche of journalists who are just um, idle, just not, not just not doing their work. It, it, in, investigative journalist journalism at the moment is virtually dead. Yeah, there's more of that goes on on YouTube than anywhere else. I think. Yeah. Uh, Steve. You know Oliver Holt. Oliver Holt, we, we can't ban him from St. Jim's Park because he never ever no, comes up. No. He just sits in he sits in the northwest and reports on Man United continuously. That's all that's Oliver Holt for you, you know. Oliver Holt should 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 go back to being a a, a reporter of, of merit like he used to be, but instead he's he's turned into Goliath of of just wanting to be to be the to be sensational. If he wanted to be sensational, why didn't he just keep writing about his mom in Coronation Street? You know, and then he could have got the sensational storylines for free instead of having to make them up about Newcastle United. <laughs> you know, that's the way I look at it. I mean, he's, he's incidentally, he means absolutely nothing in, in football circles as a reporter. Um, and, and and if anything, he's a bit he's a bit like a lot of reporters these days. They've, they've turned into media stars. They're not reporters. <laughs> The media stars, they, they spend more time in front of TV cameras than they do actually sitting behind a computer or a typewriter or with a pen and paper in their hand or a dictaphone at a press conference doing the job that they're supposed to be doing, which is questioning sports personalities, questioning sports people, talking about the game. Instead, they want to have a political uh, little bias about anything that they write. They, they, because it's for it's for their own ends. It's to keep their name in the frame and to keep them feeling as though they're relevant. And Oliver Holt's not relevant in Newcastle United, and he can he can stay in the northwest for all I'm concerned. Great stuff. Great opinions. Uh, just time to squeeze in the predictions for tonight's game. So, Steve, I'm going to come <coughs> to you first. Two nil home away win. Two nil. 
continue with the, continue with uh, with our fine form. Um, I'm not going to project the goal scorer because I can't quite make up my mind what the lineup's going to be yet. <laughs> okay, George, your prediction for tonight's game? Oh, Ditto and Wilson Longstaff, the goal scorers. Wilson and Longstaff. Okay, Steve Wilkinson. I'm going to go one nil, and I'm going to go with Wilson to score because he's got a great record against West Ham, whoever he's played for. So uh, I think he'll get the goal. Okay, James Bond says zero three Murphy to get one of them. Uh, Kevin, come to you. Uh, three nil. Three nil. Okay, I will lead your prediction. Uh, two one Newcastle. You've gone for the same as Tom Dixon. He's gone Isaac and Longstaff with the goals. And Mitch, uh, have we got the dice or we're going for a good no, old-fashioned different prediction? I'm going for an old-fashioned prediction. I've done a little bit of digging this week. They score less than a goal a game yep. and they've conceded 25% of their goals in the last 10 minutes of games. So we got tells me that there's fitness issues there. In fact, it's like Osunda Bruce. And yeah. I, I can see us if we get on top early, we can thrash these tonight and I'm going to stick my neck out and obviously a phone out. Oh, four nil. I'm going. I'm going for a two nil at the night, lads. Definitely two nil. I think uh, Newcastle will will do well. I think they'll, uh, they'll. West Ham, as I say, will start stop with a bit between their teeth. But I think Newcastle will break them down. I'm going two nil. Yeah, and I fancy Wilson for a goal tonight, uh, and maybe Botman tonight. Maybe tonight's the night that he breaks his duck. So uh, we nice will see. Yeah. David Smart twenty nil. <laughs> I think that's a, I think it's a typo, David. Uh, I think meant, journalism. Poor journalism. I think he meant 2 0. <laughs> and Alan says, like the confidence in the team, 2 0 away when Isaac first goal. Lots yeah. of people going but 2 0. Interesting what Mitch said, Steve, when he said about the last 10 minutes and the fitness. I think it's more fear. I don't think it's fitness with them. I think it's fear. Could be. I think they're frightened of the crowd. I think I think when when and- when they, when they you could, of, you could say we were under Bruce as well, mate. Yeah, right? Exactly yeah. the same. They step back, they play a little bit deeper. The crowd then get at them because the crowd are very much like us in terms of they like to see fast flow and attack and football, uh, allegedly. So uh, I, I think it's more that than, than a fitness thing. And I think it's a fear aspect that they have with, with certain members of that squad. So I think we've just got to exploit that. Yeah, Stu Flyboys is 3 0 tune win. Trippier and Isaac 2. Mozza has gone for a penman without the 1. Uh, Botman, <laughs> Botman first goal from a set piece to open the scoring. Maxi and then Isaac Brace says Kevin 4 uh, for him. Uh, John, yeah, 20 years optimistic. Um, and the team news is an hour before the game. Uh, so keep an eye out on Twitter, Tom. Like you see, Elliot or Gordon score. Yeah, me too. Okay, uh, thanks everybody in the chat. Thanks to the moderators who were in the chat as well for doing a splendid job. And thanks to Kevin, I will lead Mitch, Steve, George, and Steve Hasty uh, for another good to see you, lads. Our chat. Uh, I'm back tomorrow six o'clock with the uh, the Super Mac and Gibbo show. We're going to have to pre-record the uh, Amigos tomorrow uh, for Friday, but it will be on at the usual time on Friday at five o'clock. Six, uh, well, yeah, for two hours. Okay, lads, thanks very much. Take care, and I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. Cheers, lads. Cheers, everyone. All the best, Joe.